Balance your trading strategy by adding futures. CME Group helps you manage risk and capture opportunities in all market environments. Capitalize on around-the-clock access to highly liquid global futures and options market across all major asset classes. Just visit your online broker and get started. Plug into valuable educational materials and trading tools and see what adding futures can do for you at cmegroup.com slash on the tape. You know what's dropping today? That ARC ETF uh, look sucker. At look at that. Well, you know, what, you know what's funny? Yeah. I said this on Fast Money tonight, the other night, guy. It's like, you know, the ARC ETF is basically like the, without all the good shit. I mean, like when you think about it, it, it literally is all the shit. And, and it's just like there's – it, wow. it's just fascinating. But I think the broader conversation is that you have the NASDAQ. And we've been talking about this. And I know some of you guys are really sick of hearing this. But, you know, this is truly unhealthy that you have a day like today where there is no low, low enough for a Roblox or a Roku. Or um, why isn't Peloton trading up on a day like today? Why isn't Zoom trading up on a day? I thought these were the things that we do when we're worried about a pandemic. But Apple is basically unchanged. I thought yesterday was going to be a really important day when Microsoft was down 4%. I think it was like – I thought it was going to be the day finally where Amazon, Alphabet, Apple, Microsoft all go in the same direction and things start to snowball. There is going to be a day well, soon. Can we talk about yeah, Amazon? Yeah, go ahead. Of I, course. It, so, it's your I know, show. but it's important. Listen, no, it's not, Dan. It's <laughs> not. It's our show. You know, it's, it's all of our shows, yeah. collective. But, you know, it's interesting about Amazon. So, obviously, it finally broke out in July. It traded up to, I think, 3770 or something, right? Then we had that precipitous sell-off. And then, again... We traded up to 37 and change. And you look at that chart, and I don't know if Helene is here or not, but that does not no. look particularly good. And you know what it's eerily reminiscent of in some ways is the small cap. Now, no, but please don't at me. All I'm saying is it's a stock that traded sideways in the case of Amazon since the summer um, and finally then broke out. I want to say at the end of – well, the summer. When I say the summer, I mean the summer of 2020. And then we finally broke out this past summer. About that Amazon, um, that Amazon chart, if you look at the July, which was an all-time high, and that high in November, I mean, literally, it's a nearly a perfect double top. And if you looked at that double bottom from August uh, in October, that was just below 3,200, uh, obviously, that feels like it's uh, coming to a theater um, near you. Guy, I mentioned this on, on uh, Monday's show. I, I think JP Morgan, while it acts you know decently right here, it is below its 200-day moving average and it is below the uptrend that's been in place since the start of this year. And I got to tell you, and let's us use this as a kind of a segue to rates and what might happen with the Fed or may or may not happen. Um, I don't think investors in bank stocks actually know what to do with this yield curve right now. I mean, what do you think? Because if you look at this thing, you know, JP Morgan is down, what, eight or nine percent from the all time highs made in late October. Um, look at the stock market. You know, the S&P is just a few percent. So it's underperforming there. What do you make of it? I think that's exactly right. I think the market's struggling with where the yield curve is going. Whether that's whether that is a huge factor with banks, I don't think it matters. I think that's what the market's looking at, number one. I also think people are saying, you know, maybe credit quality, maybe that's something that we haven't been concerned about, but maybe we should start to look at. And third, I think for some of these banks, specifically JP Morgan, people say, well, wait a second, why are we putting such a premium valuation on this bank? And maybe valuation in terms of price to tangible book is catching up with JPM as well. So you look at how poorly cities traded, and I think Dick Beauvais just came out with a positive note Wait, on the city. Dick, Dick Beauvais is still a like, thing? 
I believe so. Yeah. I haven't heard bad? his name in 10 I years. Mean, uh, are, you, are you trying to cast No, Colbert, Colbert used to do this like... thing on the Colbert Report all the time. He'd mention the, the somebody's name. He's like, he'd be like, Dick Beauvais is dead, right? He, you know, like, like look off. Uh, like, well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, the point is. Twitter's fan. I mean, that's not particularly well, I'm not nice. being in that. Uh, by the way, I like, you know, Jeez. Paul Maloney's here, by the way. Paul's a classmate of mine, and he might remember this. I know I'm a bit off the a rails here, but I actually met. Stephen Colbert. He no, won't he remember won't. this. I remember it in retrospect because he was dating one of our classmates. He is from Charleston, South True. Carolina, and he was dating a woman named Mackie Krawcheck, who is the cousin of Sally Krawcheck. And he came to campus to visit in 19, I believe our freshman year would have been 1982 or you know, early you know what happened? If you've Back ever, in, 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 he had a great podcast with Conan maybe a couple years ago. Do you know that his dad and two of his brothers, and I think he has like, <laughs> yeah, they died in a, a Pan Am flight, uh, like that. a plane crash, yeah. which is crazy. And he said he went to college and he was just, he'd never kind of gotten the grief out and he had a really tough time. And then he got into comedy and he's a fascinating, I think he's the most talented guy in, in all of entertainment. Brilliant. I really do. Brilliant. Other than you, Brilliant. Guy Adami. Writer, All right, let's hit mind. let's hit a bunch of stuff here. I know that Ned Michael is going to come on. He's going to talk to us. If you guys do not follow Ned, follow Ned uh, on Twitter. Also follow his podcast, Breaking Even with Ned Michaels. Guy, Danny, and myself pop in there all the time. We've really enjoyed um, his podcast. He's a former professional golfer. He's a, an investor, real estate guy, doing a lot of really interesting stuff. And he and he carried Danny oh Moses' God, he carry ass him? in that pro am. In that pro am in Florida, where they they won the pro am at nineteen, I think either they were nineteen under or twenty one under, and Ned of course carried, he did. He Ned's a stud, and then Ned is say. the guy who could also be in the bar on the nineteenth hole until it's shut down. All right, guys, let's 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 move through some stocks here though. Tesla is below yesterday's lows. Yep. It basically is filling in that gap from October, you know, after the earnings, it had it, it, it closed at a new all-time high above 900, and then it just ripped, and it went up, what, like 30% from there. So here we are. We're down 25%. At its highs, it was a $1.2 trillion market cap company here. Um, is this an important stock to you as you think about the bifurcation that's going on in the stock market right now? I've long thought that this is the last battle fought here. Um, what's going on under a trillion? Are we going to see this thing break below 900 and then maybe go straight to 800? Well, look, I mean, I was saying for the longest time prior to their last earnings release that I thought Tesla would trade up to 900 and probably print a thousand because that's just the way it was trading. Not because I'm particularly uh, well versed in Tesla, but this I'm just looking at the charts and that's what happened. And then subsequently I said, look, I think what we're going to see here is a back and fill for you trader talk out there back to the February high, which if memory serves was $900 and 33 cents. And the amount of vitriol that came my way was staggering. I mean, it rivaled that of when you say something negative about Apple. Well, it did trade up to 1240. That surprised me. But here we are in the mid 900s. And to answer your question, yeah, I think as the French say, it's a fait accompli that we're going to trade back to that prior high of $900.30. Now, what happens there is going to be really interesting. And I think if the market gives it up there, the broader market might be in trouble. And oh, by the way, the only thing that's keeping that ARC ETF above 90 
is effectively um, Tesla hanging in there. So we'll see what's yeah, going to happen. So here, we started the year in 2021. It was a retail frenzy. It was going on in crypto. We had these meme stocks. Um, Robinhood was barreling into its IPO. Um, but look at how we're ending the year, guy. If, if you look at this AMC, it traded almost down to 20, which was his breakout level in in. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Hold on a second. I thought that if you held the stock, it could only go up. I'm no, no. Yeah. If you don't sell, it, it can only go up. I think that is part of the um, the Reddit crowd. That's their belief on that. And who are we to, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah good, we'll luck, go, with good luck with that. That chart was pretty fascinating. The other day at its lows, it literally almost kissed that level, that breakout level and bounced there. I think it was yesterday, actually. Yesterday morning, his stock's low was 2080. And look at that breakout level from May when it got above the January high. Okay, so that one was getting hit. GameStop got hit. It's uh, green today. Robinhood guy. Robinhood is eighteen dollars and twenty seven cents. So okay, so this is what I've said about Robinhood since it. Be, I the what and I'll say it here, and you know that I've said this. I said the only thing innovative about Robinhood is the hair and the and the name. I said outside of that, they they they're not really bringing anything to the forefront, and now that's that is now coming to fruition. And if you look at my Twitter account the other day, I said something to the effect of I'm paraphrasing, but I think I know it. I said, it looks as though the sheriff of Nottingham is winning. And then I did one of those jiffies yeah. with Carrie Elwes as uh, Robin Hood. Yeah, I do I see that. that. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, well, you know, I mean, this company now has a, a 15, nearly a $16 billion only uh, market capitalization, nearly a $20 billion enterprise value. There's a shit ton of debt, 10, 10, $10 billion oh, pardon in me. debt. Well, um, I don't know. Not not particularly interesting there. I will say it's, you know, all of these kind of um, recent fintech, if you want to call them that, um, IPOs, the Toast, the Affirm. Um, there was a, a Robinhood, obviously. Coinbase has had a tough run. Coinbase is, you know, right back to that. Not that, that it matters, that direct listing price around 250 So it's interesting about Coinbase. By the way, Danny Moses is here. We're not calling on him because he, he'd rather be a voyeur. He's on a train right now and speak whilst on whilst. the train. So that's number one. Number two, I said that they're whilst. Coinbase is interesting. Mark Mahaney, we call him Mahanes, who appeared on our podcast a couple weeks ago. He has said that he believes Coinbase will be the bank of this metaverse. And you know what? He might be right, but that ain't happening for a long time. So the Coinbase pain continues here, Dan. Dan yeah, Nathan. I mean, I think what Mark's talking about, and I actually interested. I remember reading something about it in 2017, you know, when they had that retail frenzy and, and, and the, the idea that, that equities could be tokenized. And, you know, that that's something that's going to be coming to Ethereum near you. Uh, just, you know, and so the, some of these incumbents, you know, I think Coinbase has been really focused on building the rails for that sort of stuff. They introduced a wallet earlier in the year for NFTs. Um, you know, when I look at Robinhood, what they're trying to do they literally are just trying to get people to gamble on dogecoin um on their platform you know um not particularly interesting so if we were playing would you rather i'd much rather coin guy what are you doing over there like working out doing jumping jacks you're making a lot of noise no i'm not doing anything i'm sitting right here i'm not i haven't moved the muscle like i'm terrified yeah. to even like I, i'd much rather coin than hood how's that buddy um 
Yeah, would that's a great. By the way, I did that last night. Melissa got mad at me. When yourself, would you rather? Only Karen gets away. Karen, with Karen can no. do no wrong. Let, let's be very frank. All right, guy, what do you think of um, some of these social names? They really feel like the round trip that we saw in a Snap. I mean, Snap was a hundred billion dollar market cap company um, earlier this year. Now it's about seventy here. Look at the round trip. This thing is done. Twitter can't get out of its. Snap is forty four. New fifty two I mean, week low. New fifty two week low. Yeah. I think so. Here you go about Snap, by the way. If you go back to November of basically this time last year, November of last year, it was a $42 stock. Well, here we are. And that's where we broke yeah, out from, which yeah. is why I mentioned it. And you, to your point, we've round tripped. I mean, I actually think we can get, believe it or not, I mean, I actually think we could visit the high 20s. Jeez, so a total gap fill from that gap. late 2020. Which you, I thank see, you. Look at you. Look there. at you. See, you're in my What about Twitter, there? guy? You, 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 listen, I can't tell you how I think what a horrible choice this guy Parag is to be the CEO, the former CTO of this company. And I've been very constructive on many occasions. I've traded the stock. I've bought the stock. When it comes in, it gets destroyed after some of those bad misses or whatever. I do not feel that way right now. I felt that way before the Parag thing. I mean, this this thing feels like this is this could go back to mid thirties or something like that. Well, I got to tell you something. You know, I'll tell you where it can. Yeah, I think you're right. And I go back all the way to the summer of 2018 Jeez. when it made an all time high of about 45 bucks or so. And here, I I know we're 43 right now, but here we are. So we're basically we're taking a look at that past resistance becomes support. But to your point, it is not trading well at all. And if we if we close below sort of 42. I hate to say it, but I, you know, this thing could be in the mid thirties. All right, so guy, you've been um, a huge proponent of the GM and the Ford all year long. Um, you thought they were really cheap. Yeah. That some of the excitement around some of the EV stocks, first the SPAC names, I can't remember some of them, Lucid, and and then into the Rivian IPO, and then when Tesla started taking off, you thought that they deserved a little bit of uh, of that EV pixie dust valuation. Well, they got it. You know, I like pixie dust. Is that from? Is that from again? Band, is that Pixies from the? Um, is it no? What's that show? The one with the kid that doesn't go. Uh, Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Yeah. Peter Pan. Right? Wasn't it? Didn't Tinkerbell? Didn't it? Wasn't it Tink yeah. that had? I'll tell you a funny. Not that anybody particularly cares, but we had a, a makeup artist, and she started her own line of nail polish, and she asked me the name of them, and one of the ones I came up with was Pinkerbell. Nice. Nice. Okay, Amanda, just mark that down. Please cut that out before it goes in the podcast store. Thank you. Um, Pinkerbell. And the other one was a sort of a a mauve color, and I named that Marvelous. Yeah, Yeah. this is is sponsored by the company that makes the early onset dementia um, medicine here, this little portion of the show. Um, hey, but my point, guy, about the GM and the Ford is they're getting them really volatile. They're they're kind of acting like they they've kind of had a little of this EV love in them. You know what I mean? And so I'm just curious, like, is this it for now? All these companies have come out. They've said what they're going to commit to doing as far as their fleet and the, and the billions that they're going to spend on doing it. Um, you know, GM was unable to break out. It had that huge run from mm-hmm. the summer, right? It went from like the high 40s into the mid 60s and now it's coming it really feels like it might come back a little bit to that kind of mid to low 50 level look you know again i mean to your point and i appreciate you pointing out gm made an all-time high now understand this is this is the different this is post um this is post bankruptcy gm so you really it's not a lot to be said there but that move up to what 65 dollars was pretty epic i mean that was pretty strong move i think ford is still interesting 
I said it on the show the other day. I mean, it was the first time in 20 years that Ford sold off a dollar and was still north of 20 bucks. Look at you. Here we are, you know. 19, All right. Yeah, well, well there's a couple things. A I mean, I think you can make it. Look, you're going to make, I think, if you're looking for a level, if Ford gets back to 17 and a half, I think you buy it with both hands. 17 and a half was a level prior yeah. high in, believe it or not, Dan, June of 2014. Yeah. Um, before we get before no, 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 I am. I know I'm, just, I'm trying to move me out. I mean, that's, I, listen, that's, guy, that's we have a half an hour. We have a half an hour, so we're trying to we're so trying we to move, move before we get to the Fed. And there's a headline that you're going to love that's going to just get you all freaking geeked up. All right, before we get to the Fed, um, I just wanted to kind of hit the market action again. Okay, what's going on? It doesn't look horrible. You look at your screens. The S and P is down 20 basis points. The Nasdaq, though, you know, is down one percent or so at its lows. I'm looking at some devastation in some stocks and some groups that are just unhealthy. And the fact that you have this handful of names, I, I just listen. There's a really bad day in the market coming very soon. I'm just telling you that. And 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 you know, the fact of the matter is is that if you tune on, you know, turn on the news and you're not watching this tick by tick every day and you hear ah the S&P's down 5%, you know, given the fact that, you know, we have interest rates that are going higher, we have uncertainty about Omicron, we have all this sort of stuff. You're like, yeah. But the market in so many different ways has crashed. You got to look at this tweet from Carter Braxton where Amanda um, hopefully will put it up in the um, feed here. I got to get your take on this. Carter of Worth Charting. The Russell 3000 index is down 3.5% from its 52-week high and all-time high. Yet, 2,200 stocks are down 10% or more from their highs. 1,880 are down 15% or more. 1560 are down 20% or more. 1280 are down 25% or more. 1068 are down 30% or more. 913 are down 35% or more. 793 are down 40% or more. This is out of 3,000 and 559 are down 50% or more. Now, those numbers have increased. He tweeted that out this morning on the opening. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that action, guy? So you ask yourself, with all that said, how are we only basically 3%, I think, away from an all-time high in the S&P 500? The answer is I have no idea. I'll throw one more at you to sort of like take a look at. IWM. Yep. If the you know if the IWM sort of gives it up here, and we are at critical levels in my opinion, Dan Nathan, and kudos to you, by the way, for saying that was going to be a false breakout a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago. This 210 level in the IWM is critical. It it had better hold there because I got to tell you, we've been sideways since January and a break of there. And again, I say this all the time. Katie barred the door, knowing no idea what door we're talking about or who she is. Hey, guy, be, before we uh, get to the Fed, we'll close out with a Fed. We have a very. Why are you doing? This no, we have a very, no, we I have a very special guest that just joined us here. Ned, Ned Michaels, oh. breaking even with Ned it. Michaels. <laughs> Did, I hope Ned heard me say what a badass he is. Danny Moses carried me, boys. That guy's a competitor. <laughs> that's, that's bourgeois. I mean, Danny carried your bag. That's the only thing he carried. Well, remember the night before we said, are we playing to have fun or are we playing to win? And he was very emphatic. Why else would you play? We're here to win. Yeah. Well, I respect that, hey, by the way. Go yeah. follow, guys, go follow Ned um, Breaking Even. It's a great podcast. He has um, a, a buddy of his who's also a great golfer. He's got the coach. He's got this 
Uh, coach comes on and you guys, he's a handicapper. He's a professional handicapper. And the way you guys talk about, you know, um, the upcoming golf and your insight into it and his handicapping. And then you guys hit a lot of other sports stuff. Uh, you guys talk markets. It's a great podcast guy. Danny and I have really, really enjoyed, um, being a part of it. So it's always fun. And Ned is a budding superstar. Oh, by the way, you will see Ned on the sidelines on many of the biggest, um, golf tournaments, right, Ned? So, um, thanks for joining us, bud. What do you got going on? Well, no, thanks uh, for everything that you all are doing out at Risk Reversal and having us as part of your platform. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to have a big year this year. ESPN just announced um, their partnership with the PGA Tour, so I'm going to be doing quite a few events for ESPN. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you yeah. are. It's going to be great. It's going to be are you going to be that you're going to be on the Ocho? I just wanted to say that. You don't have to respond to that. I just felt like saying it. I thought this was the Ocho. <laughs> so... so no, 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 I, I don't us, hate by it. the way. No, Dan but hold on. So so, so we have this little segment where we go on Breaking Even, Guy, Danny, or myself, sometimes all of us, and we t- basically take an attempt to fix Ned's swing at the markets. I think this is what we're doing right now, right, Ned? So you're going to be like – Yeah, I remain I remain the most uh, – I'm undefeated in, in being the most <laughs> terrible options trader on the planet, although I have gotten better. You guys, the coaching you're giving me is helping – but you know that it's an emergency style if I'm coming in here on the bat phone straight to your trading spaces. Um, I'm, you know, this, as a retail guy who's still learning all this, this, this whole situation has me kind of freaked out and pretty skittish. So I want to know from you all, do you see this as a, as a buying opportunity? Uh, or is this a, hey, just keep everything real close right now and see what shakes out? If it is a buying opportunity, where should I be looking? Yeah, and- I'll say this, okay? So here's the deal. Pull up um, Peloton, okay? So Peloton's down 60%. Look at the chart there. This stock could get cut in half again, round trip, the whole move, and it would be nothing. I'm just telling you, it would be nothing. And Guy and I were talking about this earlier. Look at a Zoom, okay? This stock, again, what did it take? 490, okay, this year. And it's trading at 175. Look at where that thing could round trip. And if you have not been in the markets and you do not remember what it was like in 01 and 02, where there was no low, low enough, you know, you tried to buy. It's just, I'm telling you guys, things that go down 50% over a year, they can get cut in half again. I know that sounds like some simple math, but when you see it and you keep adding to these stories, you're like, how low can it go? So to me, I'm just saying that we have a really weird situation in the markets where it doesn't look that bad. You're up 23%. If you just bought a spy on Jan 1, right? But if you look at like all the stocks that you could be down 30, 40, 50% per that Carter Worth tweet, it's really tough out there. Guy, help me out here. In 1990, I was making a couple bucks and I bought a used, maybe it was 91. I bought a used uh Black Jaguar XJS, two-door, 12-cylinder car. Unbel- I mean, you look at that thing, and it was the best-looking thing you've ever seen in your life. Under the hood, it was a nightmare. And at a certain point, that comes back and haunts everybody. It came back and haunted me. So that's what's going on in the market right now. The market looks great. Everything looks great. But under the hood, beneath the surface, there are a lot of things that are wrong. I'll say this. There are certain stocks, obviously – that if you've missed, you're waiting for an opportunity. And I'll give you Apple, for example. I think if Apple, and I happen to think it's going to get there, if Apple were to get down to 153, 154, that's your opportunity. And you're closing in on something in Amazon around the 3250, 3300 level, and Microsoft as well. I mean, the names that everybody talks about, 
very quietly is starting to give a little back. I think those are the names you want so to. So just just so you know, Ned, usually Guy would have to say if he was giving that little that little thing about the the Jaguar, he'd have to say to Melissa Lee on Fast Money, he'd say, "Please indulge me for a moment here." That's what, Please that's indulge what me for say. a moment. By I the like way, the I'll tell you that car zero to sixty, not very good. 60 to 100, it was like you're in a friggin' rocket ship. It was well, unbelievable. Hey, that's what I want, a, a rocket ship with a bad engine. Perfect. Yeah. Sounds well, like <laughs> I'm, not try- I'm not riding with you. You, 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 you. Let me tell you something. You want to ride with me, sucker. You'd have a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I hope I ride with you on some of the, the stock action that you're talking about because one of the things that really has freaked me out is I've been invested in this uh, T. Rowe Price Blue Chip Growth Fund for – quite a while now and it's well, are you now like 90 years old <laughs> yeah well actually i got it from a guy who's 86 right when COVID happened he said throw some money at this so i did it was pretty good I'm, i got in a long time ago so it's done well but it's down 10 percent yesterday or something how so these are big wow. companies. that's a big move for something like this so that really freaked me out well think about that i mean you just sort of hit the nail on the head something like that i have no i can't speak i can speak intelligently about a lot of things ranger hockey uh the history of georgetown <laughs> university how paul maloney was the best looking guy in our class things like that but i can't speak intelligently about the t-row thing you just mentioned but I, what i will say is i guarantee it's not built to have a 10 percent move to the downside that to me is uh disturbing yeah, well, really so, but that's me. a good way. Hey, um, can I, I just I, hit I, on that net for a second? So, like, if it's a blue yeah. chip growth fund, it, is, it probably looks like the QQQ, you know. And and, I, and I'm just saying, the QQQ is a lot cheaper. Just buy an ETF like that, you know. I, I mean, that that's that's my take. Now, I, I, I'm just telling you that. Also, I think the risk in the QQQ, the Nasdaq 100, right now, are those top five or six names that make up nearly half the weight of this index of a hundred stocks. But by the same token, look at the outperformance of the NASDAQ 100 over that same time period. Um, there will come a day when the NASDAQ 100 is down 5 or 6% in the not-so-distant future. Um, but you're not paying these exorbitant fees for some actively managed fund. Um, you know, that's, that's my take about funds like that versus just saying a QQQ or something like that, an index ETF. Understood. Um, by the way, when I got in it, I didn't understand there were fees yeah. involved, so. Cut me yeah. a little slack there. We call that the fine print. By the way, Ned, if you want to hear me get upset, Dan's about to do it to me. What do you want to tell <laughs> the Fed, Dan? Because I know you just you just All right, so, to, what do they call it when you tweak? Somebody? Uh, you call tweaking them. Um, so oh, no, there was a all right, there was a headline from the Fed about the reverse repo. Um, so the the reverse no, repo facility. No, there, no, yes, there was. There was. Yes. Stop. Yeah, no, it was just hit, it was red in Bloomberg, you know. And if it's red in Bloomberg, that's some that's some important stuff. Let me ask you a question: Who's been talking about that for the last have, three guy. months? Yeah, exactly. And if you if you want to now, now you hear it in my voice, you can hear me change tone. Go back and look. everybody says that COVID was the reason the market got cratered in February, March of two. And I totally get that. That was definitely the match. But the tinderbox was set forth in September of two thousand and nineteen when the overnight repo market absolutely blew up and nobody's been able to explain that to me since. So now this reverse repo market, which is exactly that, the opposite of, same thing is happening. And people will say, oh, it's not a big deal. Trust me, the plumbing is a big deal. And the fact that these geniuses actually said something about it, I got to go back and look about what they said. I mean, 
Yeah. All right. Just, again, so just, I don't know just, who just Katie is again, but she better yeah. part of that. Yeah, so, so the headline was Federal Reserve's reverse repo use hits record 1.62 trillion. Yeah. 85 participants played one placed 1.62 <laughs> trillion at the Fed's overnight reverse um, purchase reverse repurchase agreement facility, in which counterparts like money market funds can place cash with the central bank. Um, too much money. It means there's too much freaking money in the system. And All right. So let's that, okay, segue please. to the Fed. Okay. So they're going to complete this two day meeting yeah, well, and it's, it's yeah. in, in an hour or so. Uh, their hawkish stance that they just started to take, they got rid of the word transitory as it relates to inflation is it. Re- they retired. Yeah, so it. are they doing this to kind of, are they worried about the plumbing here? Is that, you know, is that, yeah. Well, I, they should, they, let me tell you something. They should be worried about a lot of things. And most of the things they should be worried about, they created themselves, number one. Number two, as they say, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. I say that because at least now they're starting to acknowledge that maybe inflation is a problem. So they are late to this dance, but at least they're All right, guys, check out also Danny Moses had a really great tweet thread. And I think it's probably his first ever tweet thread he gave some thoughts on the federal reserve meeting he recapped the actions over the last month month and a half some really good stuff but he 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 ends the thread guy and you'll love this he goes i look forward to a time when bottoms up research will matter again sign off drop the mic danny moses um guy give give me a little you read the thread it was really good stuff um it's really thoughtful stuff i mean you know it's very extraordinarily thoughtful stuff coming from a guy who worked with some of the greatest minds in the market for a long time. And he continues to be that person. You know, the problem we have, you know, we're society now that wants everything immediately. So if you say something and it doesn't happen 30 seconds later, people say, ah, he or she doesn't know what they're talking about. Trust me, they do. And oh, by the way, Uh folks, which I love to say, go back and look what Michael Burry said over the summer about the ARC ETF. And, And this time, he actually, his timing was spot on. He couldn't have been more prescient. And I don't know if there's a C in that or not, but he could not have been more prescient in terms of some of the con- concerns he had about the ARC ETF. And then subsequently yeah, I will tell you this. Year. Danny has had his rot um, on a couple of occasions over the last few months, his rip off the tape. Our podcast is called On the Tape. You see what we did there. I think he came up with that. He's pretty creative um, on Carvana. And he really kind of was just kind of breaking down this company is really not in the business of selling. They're in the business of financing cars. Um, and this stock is making a new 52-week uh, low today. So that's why you listen to On the Tape. You get these musings from uh, Danny Moses. You get Guy Adami's commentary on the New York uh, Rangers and the, and the ball giants. And Danny's – And I'm going to say this again. If anybody from the giant organization is saying if you have any say whatsoever, I'm telling you right now, if you do anything other than draft players – with the two picks you have in the top seven in 2022, you, you should be you, the entire organization should be fricasseed. All right, Ned, are you still with us? What else you got for us, man? Because I, yeah, we, yeah. we got a couple more minutes. Well, first of all, that was that was interesting. I actually knew what you were talking about because I do listen to <laughs> on the tape, and I may have dabbled in some Carvana, Ooh. given all the conversations you had Hopefully about puts. Uh, the repo and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so, turns out you guys do know what everyone's talking about. So. Every once in a while. So what I, the last question I have for you is something that I just want to kind of pull the grenade pin and throw this uh, in between you both and then get out of here. Um, I'm curious if you all have come to any type of consensus on the oil trade and Uh-oh. oil companies. Dan's, we Dan's talked last. Right. 
Chiefs You're going different directions. Not you seem one. to be fascinated. You're trading options in the OIH, and it sounds like calls. I, I literally think, and Amanda will post this. This is literally one of the like the most ominous looking charts. Oil services. Um, it looks like a massive head and shoulders. That whole kind of range that we're about to enter in between eighty and one sixty. But what's crazy on the one year basis? You know, it looks like it's been consolidating. Back it out on five years. This thing, this ETF is below the breakdown level from 2020, early 2020, and it's spending a lot of time here. And I, I got to tell you, man, I, I just don't think that inflation, I think the Fed top ticked. I know Guy agrees with me here. I think you thought they were very wrong about inflation and their expectations for it to be transitory. They literally pulled the goalie at the moment, right, that it was about to go the other way. I'm just telling you. And so I just don't think that we're going to have this sort of recovery, this global reflation trade. I think oil probably comes in. I think a lot of these industrial commodities come in. I think this whole idea of scarcity and because of the supply chain bottlenecks and the like, I think we're going to go to surpluses next year. And I think that the Fed is going to be hiking or more hawkish into a slowing economy. And I just don't think it's going to be a great situation for stocks. And I think that look what's going on in these high valuation names, just a little slight tick up in this two-year yield, and the 10-year doesn't go anywhere, okay? And look at what's happened to valuation. So I think that's going to be the story of 2020. I'm out. Out you Dan five thousand and by the way, I have no sympathy for those dipshits. Whoa. So not yeah, All right. I'm just saying too bad. You know what happened to them? They got squeezed. You know when you're short a stock and it goes up every day for yeah. six months and you finally say no moss like Roberto Duran did against uh Sugar Ray Leonard, that's what happens. No moss. And you know what? Too effing bad. You you blew it. And now they can't go back because they, they, they look even dumber than they look well, now. Well, they'll go back, guy, when, when the stock market's down 20% from their highs. They're just going to get more dovish. Well, if you listen to James, if you listen to James Gorman, who runs, I think, Morgan yeah, Stanley, yeah, by the yeah. way, is that right? He said, you know what? They shouldn't be worried about the market. They're too worried about the market, and they shouldn't be. Good for well, you. Bring it, yeah, but, Guy, you bring up the Gorman. point all the time. I mean, the negative wealth effect, you know, is is when the stock market goes down. The other thing is, like, look at these asset bubbles. Look at what's going on with housing. Look at what's going on with crypto. I'm going to tell you guys this, and I spent a lot of time over the weekend listening to a bunch of Twitter spaces on NFTs, and I'm really into it. I find it really interesting. I'm uh, When I say I'm really into it, I don't mean I'm buying a bunch of this or whatever. I'm really interested in the psychology around it, and there's a lot of people out there okay who are own financial instruments that they think are really scarce and really unique and they're going to continue to go higher that will not and they're going to find out how illiquid these things are when they need to actually raise some cash because they overpaid for some digital pfp thingy majiggy and and i'm not i don't mean to minimize what's going on there's there's a revolution going on as it relates to like creators being able to monetize their art or whatever the hell it is but when it comes to investors, you know what I mean? We had Packy McCormick um, on our podcast this morning, actually a new podcast, OK Computer. Guys, check that one out. It's going to be coming out. And he basically said, listen, I'm into it. I get it. I see all the use cases. But if you're buying these things right here, you better love them and you better be prepared for them not to be worth anything. And that's a really important point. So 2022 is the reckoning where all of this stuff, I think people recognize the fact that we lost our freaking minds when it comes to a lot of this. And a guy, I know you feel like the Fed has done that and they are a huge reason for all of this speculation. They pushed us all out on the risk curve. But I think a lot of things that everyone believes right now about the investment environment are going to be turned on their head next year. How's that?
Right on, man. That's that's all right. Well, listen, listen, you're a guy, I'm Dan Nathan. We do these Twitter spaces or trading spaces every Monday and Wednesday at one o'clock. They go in our podcast store on the tape podcast feed. It is sponsored by CME Group. They are the sponsor of our podcast that drops every Friday. We're going to tape a really great episode. I know it's going to be great with Scott Wapner. He is the host of the halftime report on CNBC. That's going to drop Friday morning. Ned Michaels joined us today. Ned is a stud. Ned is one of Guy and mine and Danny Moses' favorite people that we met in 2021. We are so glad that his podcast, Breaking Even with Ned Michaels, is on the Risk Reversal Media podcast platform thingamajiggy. Um, and you can check that out. That drops every Wednesday. Ned, take us out, brother. Thanks for joining us. I'm going to go sell all of my OIH. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I don't know, go bury myself. In Sorry, brother. Somewhere. We love you. All right. <laughs> thanks to everybody for joining us this was a lot of fun i hope you guys realize that uh, we do enjoy it and and again this is not you know this is not investment advice do your own work do your own research that sort of thing you know what it is is i'll tell you what it is it's hockey advice man and it's football and it's football advice so watch the ranger game tonight huge game this is again no must wins in December. Very important game for the Lions. All right, peeps. Thanks a lot, guys. Follow on the tape pod. Follow Breaking Even with Michaels in the podcast stores, and we'll check you later.